This is a production of 1217 Media. What up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. As usual, y'all need to subscribe to the podcast, leave a like in the comments, let me know what you think. Um, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, visit the website, 94feetwithcoachjt.com. It's up, man. You got updates. You got podcast episodes. You got some merch up there. Um, also, I want to shout out Lux Glam for the t-shirt, man. They, they're a local shop here in Sacramento off Arden Way. Um, tap into Lux Glam on IG and everything, man. Um, tap in for your, all your hair needs and beauty, uh, beauty needs and uh, braids as well, fellas. They got should hook you up. Uh, let me get to this intro of my guest right now. So my guest was a 40-second overall draft uh, pick in the draft in the 90, I'm sorry, 2007's draft, NBA draft. Also, he is from Memphis, Tennessee. He was the 2007 SEC Player of the Year. Um, also, he just got through participating, I believe, in his second year, maybe more, in the big three uh, competition. His uh, basketball consulting seeks to leverage the expect- expertise game while playing professionally and reciprocating the knowledge to inspire basketball players at every level um, through counseling, management, skill development, and more sports media tech entrepreneur who has forged numerous relationships with sports figures and organizations throughout the, the span of his 13 year professional career. Uh, none other than Derek Byers, man, or D Byers. How you doing, man? Thanks for uh, hopping in. What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it was six years in the big three. Six years. Yeah. Okay. Six years, six years. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. Um, Appreciate you, man. Like we talked before you started the show, man. Just uh, getting together, making things happen. I know you're definitely you're in a different time zone. I'm in the West Coast. You're uh, on the East Coast time frame. But I mean, the connection, like I said, was, was definitely appreciated. And then still trying to make it happen. None of us, you know, we, we, we get on a date, get off a date, get back on. Yeah, like, yeah, man. That man. But I appreciate you. Yeah. Likewise, man. Man, uh, man. Let's jump into it, man. So, uh, Memphis, born in Memphis. Um, let's talk about just. Uh, being going, going up in Memphis, and uh, as you know, people now have their perceptions or realities or truths or not, but uh, I love to hear from people who are actually from right there, and man, I was blessed to go to school down south, so I know a lot of people who from Memphis who used to cut, travel for school, travel back and forth, got to visit a few times, but yourself, man, give me a little bit about Memphis and growing up and where it's from. Right, 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 yep, like you said, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, area called Whitehaven, it's actually like the same neighborhood as like Elvis Presley's like home is that and everything. Like I literally went to Graceland Elementary. Uh, his mansion is called Graceland. But um, you know, it's uh, it was it was it was a good upbringing. You know what I mean? Good upbringing. Uh, obviously, a lot of people know Memphis to have like um, some rough areas, rough around the edges, and things like that. You know, uh, I think it all just kind of helped make me into who I am today. Though uh, definitely uh just kind of like instill that 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 blue collar rough around the edges type of um you know r- upbringing to me too so it was cool so up? um early on man i mean i understand we're on basketball background for sure but uh how many sports overall did we play i see your fellow 80s baby so you know what i'm saying we're in a time where we was outside man you had to be outside doing something being active uh outside of basketball the other sports you were involved with too as well during your early age no, nah, not really. I mean, it was always just basketball. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm pretty good at football. Like, I can throw the football, catch the football, but my basketball coaches wouldn't even let me get a part of that. So, um, yeah, that's really all I ever played was basketball. I probably could have done something in track as well. I'm a pretty good sprinter. But, yeah, it was just always basketball since age five. Okay. So, in that case, even better, there's no problem. Where's, who are some of the people, um, 
basketball players or local people that you may remember, even in your neighborhood sometimes that you may have mimicked your game after a watch or like, you know, oh, I got I to gotta work on his move, whatever like that? Yeah, for sure, man. You know, pretty much the consensus GOAT from our city is Penny Hardaway. Uh, a lot of people looked up to Penny, man, four-time All-Star or whatever it was in the NBA, first-team All-Player. So he was the first person that I really just kind of like wanted to mirror my game after. Ironically enough, I grew up to be like 6'7", just like him. Ironically enough, he was a point guard. I grew up playing point guard. Uh, later on, I guess because of my height and my shooting ability, they would like uh, a lot of coaches would put me on a perimeter. But I grew up playing a point guard like Penny. Uh, some of the other guys was some of the local guys that 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 that, that played collegiately: um, Billy Richmond, Marcus Moody, Jimmy Snap Hunter. All these dudes, man, like came before me. I really wanted to mirror my game after them. That's what's up, and, and you know now that adult or skilled trainer, skilled development person, these kids, man, have the advantage of getting. Uh, trainers and one-on-ones, but uh, what was y'all your game being developed at? Was it in the backyard, at the park, or what? Yeah, uh, it, was def it was definitely different growing up. I I groomed my game, like, in my front yard of my of my house. Like, my pops got me a basketball goal at a very young age, and my house quickly became, like, that, that spot in the neighborhood where everybody would come over, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, and it's crazy because like so many dudes when I was growing up was better than me, older than me, but they was like better than me at the time. And I think that just helped me become, you know, good as well. But, you know, those guys never really, um, really took off in the basketball world or anything like that. But I guess you would you call it like your, 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 your neighborhood hero. Like those, those dudes was really good, man. So that's kind of where I hone my game playing at parks. Um, yeah, I didn't even have a, a, a skills trainer until I was 19. So yeah, it was just playing against other dudes. So you talked about dad getting a goal. How did uh, basketball stuff shape or form you guys' relationship? Was that a was that a bonding time for you and pops, or he just put the goal out there, or was that like, ooh, damn, I can't stand my dad, but I'm gonna get it in because I love basketball. Type of thing. <laughs> yeah, both, <laughs> both. So you know, like if I, uh, you know, if I did something where my parents was. Uh, Getting getting after me a little bit, you know, or I, whenever I finish my homework, or whatever. Like it, it was just kind of like a um, a sanctuary for me, man. Like I go out there and just be alone. I just be out there and just be on my own time. Like just just me and the basketball and the basketball goal. Uh, a lot of times my pops would come out there, uh, try to like fix certain things I was doing, correct me here and there, and uh, he was always a big part of my basketball career in terms of like just wanting success for me and, and, and really being hard on me. That's what's up. Uh, as, you, as you develop your skill set, you say we're playing with the guys outside and get the school-age ball as well, you know what I'm saying? They probably had traveling ball team stuff back then. We, we, they did have them, but you had to be some. You had to be elite. Sometimes you, didn't have, you couldn't have them on every, like, everybody wasn't making up AAU teams. Everybody couldn't get mm -hmm. an AAU team going on. But school ball meant something. School ball was a lot. Um, Middle school, what were some of the things that you felt already at, with your game that you were like, okay, now I can do this well already as a seventh, eighth grader? Yeah. Um, actually, like, I was fortunate to get on a really good AAU team early. Like, I was like an early, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, I wasn't a late bloomer. I was an early bloomer. Like, when I was 11, I was on the number one AAU team in the country, a team called Memphis Blackhawks. Uh, we were the number one seed. We were like undefeated for two straight years or something like that. So 
<clears throat> and I was like uh, the go-to guy on the team. So being that primary option early, man, gave me a lot of confidence. And then speaking to your point, seventh, eighth grade year, man, I went to a middle, a middle school called Bellevue Middle. Bellevue Middle was a defending city champions. They had a long history of winning the city championship. So I was going to like a powerhouse at a middle school. I didn't start right away. Uh, came off the bench as a sixth man. I mean, we had some dogs on that team. But uh, one of the things I noticed I can do right away was shoot the basketball. Um, uh, so they would put me in to add some offensive punch and things like that. But I had to, like, earn my stripes, you know. I, I wasn't going to no, like, weak team. This is, like, the defending city championship. And then by the time I left there, we had one extra two city championships as well. So winning, winning's been in the DNA early. Uh, what would you yeah. say from that type of pedigree to high school? What was the biggest jump or change or things you had to feel you had to add to your bag? Because again, now you're going another level, a little older. Guys are older too as well. What are some things? Okay, you know what? I got to do this better. I got to get. I got to do a little more of this to to stay on the court and and or eventually get a starting spot. It's a good question. Um, so in Memphis at the time. High school started in the 10th grade. You know, I guess these days you were freshman yes, in ninth grade. That's when it started. It, it started in the 10th there. So, uh, again, you know, changing schools, going to high transition for me was just that physicality. Uh, uh, now you're playing against dudes that are seniors that are 17, 18 years old, and I'm 14, 15 at the time. So, luckily, you know, I had a growth spurt, and I was about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, going into high school. So, mm. I had size, but I didn't have strength. the conditioning and endurance and, 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 and the work ethic and the know-how. I mean, this was the first time I saw people staying after practice and getting extra shots or actually starting to, not you know, like lift weights and, and, and do leg strengthening and things like that, running up hills and, and, <laughs> and squats and all this other stuff. That's the first time I got introduced to that. So it was just – my game translated, but physically, I just had to, like, catch up with everybody. That's what's up. Uh, how successful was the high school career overall? Very, very. You know, I was fortunate to have, uh, you know, I went to a school, Memphis Ridgeway. Um, at that time, it really wasn't known as, like, a powerhouse type of school, but we had the pieces to to do some stuff, and everybody just came all together. We had great chemistry. Man, won a, a state championship, the, the school's first state championship my sophomore year. Uh, junior year, we missed the state tournament. But then by my senior year, we won our second state championship. So very successful. And then they even they even won two more state championships during the 2000s shortly after that. So the buzz was growing. Uh, a lot of good players were starting to commute and transfer to the school. And uh, it's been a great, like, in the last 20 years or so, I would say is one of the top three probably a top three or four program in Memphis uh, when you consider Memphis East, Memphis White Station. And shoot, we're right there with the Hamiltons and the Melrose and schools like that. That's what's up. Good, cool. As you know right now that the, the recruiting, recruiting NIL deal package is crazy for college, right? Back then it wasn't. Um, so how was that recruiting time for you coming out of high school trying to make a decision about the next step, next level where you're going to attend college at? Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I was just in the car with my sons earlier today talking about my first uh, recruitment and the team, that, the, the school that first recruited me. I think it was Georgetown was the first college that offered me as a sophomore. So, again, like, um, I was fortunate to do really well on the AAU circuit. 
I think I got way more exposure on the AAU circuit, you know, going to the Adidas camps uh, where LeBron first got on a national level when he beat Lenny Cook. Like I was at that camp uh, twice. I went back to back years. So back then, no social media, none of that stuff. The best way to get exposure was to like travel. And I was doing that all the time in the summer with AAU, going to these camps, things like that. So uh, my recruitment, I had a lot of uh, high caliber teams. Uh, reaching out to me, uh, I happened to commit to Virginia because at the time they were losing Roger Mason to the NBA uh, and two other senior wings. So the wing spot was open. Uh, they were a top five school in the country in terms of um, uh, in the rankings. And then they were one of the best public schools in the country. So my parents always instilled education in me and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was a no brainer when I signed with uh, Virginia. That's what's up. Uh, levels as we talked about, right? So you get to college, uh, get your feet wet a little bit, and yeah. shockers immediately to anything like shocking, like oh, okay, or kind of gut punches that you had to experience while you, when you first get to campus. Or on. Uh, I would say more so just lifestyle of college. You know, now, now, uh, you <laughs> if you choose to not want to go to class, you don't got to go to class, but you know, you're gonna. You're going to see consequences of that, either in your grades or the coach is going to come by and check your class and see you're not there and stuff like that. So just lifestyle change in terms of like um, responsibility. You're really on your own now. Like your parents not waking you up. You got to trust your own alarm clock and stuff like that. Um, on the court with the game and everything, again, I had to like now I'm the I'm the young kid that's trying to break through and find my way on the team. So, you know, a lot of. I was actually the only freshman at Virginia. The only, the only freshman uh, uh, that was on scholarship at Virginia, and just kind of got, you know, had to earn my way again. We had a lot of good players uh, that were older than me. So, again, now take it up to another level physically. You know, now you're waking up at six in the morning doing individual workouts before you got to go mm -hmm. to class and stuff like that. So. Uh, Man, just just managing your time, responsibilities, and things like that. That's what's up. Yeah, that dedication. I always tell these student athletes, man, you're it's really on the time schedule, and it's, it's sacrifices that got to be made for you to be, be a productive college athlete. No matter where you at, I say everybody is college athlete. Right. There's levels to it. There's levels to it. Um, you make the move over to Vandy, though. Um, you get over there. How? What kind of sense of comfortability? I would say was there something click where you were like, okay, I'm comfortable. I mean, my this is this is me. I can thrive. What was that feeling like to actually get to that that school now and in that position to where okay, man, okay, this this is it for me. We'll be right back with more ninety four feet with Coach JT. You're an entrepreneur. You take risks. You're a trendsetter who stands out from the crowd. You're a business owner who makes more than just money. You make a difference. Sargent Branding Firm exists to help you do what you do best. Change the world. Get everything you need to elevate your brand and have a professional website at sergeantbranding.com. Vicky Cake's Dairy-Free Pancake and Waffle Mix is the heart of breakfast. Bring your family back to the table for good food and good memories. Shop now at VickyCakesOnline.com. And now back to the show. You said it, that comfort first. Now, 
had some things going on back home. I wanted to get closer to home anyway. So now I'm back in my home state. Now I'm back in Tennessee, uh, two and a half hours away from the crib. Uh, my parents can attend every game. Just, man, you know, my best friend growing up, he goes to college right around the corner at Tennessee State. Uh, a lot of other people I know from Memphis, now they're in Nashville. So just that, that, that familiarity, being back home, it did a because I kind of felt isolated, Virginia, and I think that's something a lot of people don't really factor in. When you're 18, 19 years old, you've been, you know, uh, raised with you know by your parents, and you've been that's how you've been raised. Now you're on your own and stuff like that. It's it's tough, especially when things not going your way. Um, so you just really want to have that familiarity, that sense of family and comfort around you. So it was great being back home in the state of Tennessee. Vandy was a uh, was it was a good match for me right away that's what's up yeah shout out to tsu all the hbcus out there man definitely got yeah started. for sure Fish, uh, Harry. <laughs> a lot of them man everywhere man it's our time man to bounce back in there man uh you get you, you get to work man you get busy 2007 like i said you got to be the sec player of the year and that's um i think i interviewed and i think i know i interviewed carlos powell i'm not sure if he was at south carolina Yep. After you, Los, but um, Los played my best overseas yep. for a while. Uh, Aaron Haynes too. Matt Los, he was a dog too. But just to be that's 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 not an easy thing. That's not an easy thing, man. And and you're in the SEC. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep it real. Football, basketball is 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 doggy dog in the SEC. Um, how much work though overall did you have to really put in? Because it was like I said, it wasn't no one night thing. It had to be night in and night out for the coaches to vote you player to you. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Carlos Powell, man. Low was a dog. Like, hated playing against that dude, man. He was a beast. But uh, Low's, Low's cool people, and shout out to what he's up to these days, you know what I mean? Uh, working with the kids and everything, too. Uh, SEC, man, no joke. No joke. Like you said, you know, when I first got there back in the day, you had to sit out if you transfer. So these days, you can just transfer, play right away. Now, I lose a whole year. But fortunately for me, I used it to uh, get surgery on my shoulder at the time, which I needed. So that actually allowed me to kind of spend the whole year, recover, really get my body right, learn their system. And by the time I got to Vandy, man, I, you know, I just, I just hit, you know, they, uh, they put me right away at uh, the starting small four spot, man. And everything was love from there. So, uh, like I said, it was a good fit. It was a good fit. And like you said, the SEC, man. It ain't no joke. It's physical. I played in the ACC and SEC. Um, I can't say which one was was harder than the other, but put it to you this way: it ain't it ain't no games off. It ain't no games off in the SEC, man. Like the worst team record wise can still beat you. So it was uh, it was a good test, man. And I had a good senior year. That's what's up. Um, get 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 through a senior year. Um, draft combine stuff. Uh, was that draft? Was it? How was that process for you? Uh, how did how'd you go about that? Come out of college, get ready, trying to make this pro push. Yeah. So the draft combine again, and then what it is today. So back then, like, uh, like, I don't know how they do it these days? I, I had the choice to play or not play, and based off my. Mm -hmm projection everybody around mid to late first so i felt like what if i like the 
I can't get any higher. Say I'm on guard, don't want to pass me the ball or something. Drop. So I looked at it as like I got nothing to gain, but everything to lose by going. So that's why me and my agent made a decision. If I had to do it all over again, I still would have made the same decision. So I didn't I didn't participate in the draft combine. Uh the 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 part where you um where you actually play i asked them can i just go in and interview with the teams but they said you know you're not a lock to be a lottery so no they wanted me to play so i i, I declined playing later a lot of people were saying that you know that, that that came back to haunt me or something like that i don't really feel so like i said if i had to do it all over again i would do the same thing so that's kind of how the draft process went i stayed up in new york uh with my trainer and I just, I was locked in. It was just me and my trainer. Like, I was really going hard. Uh, problem was, I wasn't being exposed to anybody in terms of, like, the media mm. uh, or anything like that. So I was just kind of, like, I fizzled out in terms of, like, like, like being forgot about, you know, at right. the time. So, yeah. So you accomplished that goal, though. You get, you get a call or you get a, you get a number call. What was that initial feeling like for you just overall? Yeah, um, and I just keep it real all the time. Like, everybody was hitting me up when I got drafted. Like, man, it's a blessing, bro. Like, okay, you didn't get picked where you, where we all thought you would have gone, but it's a blessing. Only 60 players get their name called. And so I try to, like, keep all that into consideration and perspective. But the truth of the matter was, like, all projections had me going mid to late first. I was preparing as such, and quickly I had to kind of, like, changed my mind about my approach to the upcoming months because now I go from what I thought was going to be a guarantee to non-guarantee that has nothing but wing players under contract. So how can I make the team? That's kind of how it was as soon as I got drafted. But, you know, I had my whole family up there in New York with me at the time. And y'all came to the draft. That part was love. It was a little disappointing to, to, to drop. I believe it was like 20 to 25 spots based on everybody's uh, projections, though. Yeah. So even in, even that adversity right there is definitely something that I love to discuss and stuff like that. Just who was some of the people or how did you navigate that space? Okay, next steps. So this, this has happened. It's there. How do I move on forward? Because, I mean, of course, that's a, somewhat of a letdown or anticipation for ourselves. No, we should have been there. But now everything's shifted. How did, how did you maneuver past that and just continue to, continue to grind and work? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, and I wish I could answer you the right way and say that I did grind and work. I did, ch you know, change my thought process about it all. At 23, it hit me hard. And I, looking back on it, I can look back up and what I should have done better in my life where I should have just, like, took that on the chin and just been a man about it. Like, I... You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was complaining, and I was mm. playing the victim a lot. And it should have, it shouldn't have been that. And if, and if I could talk to my twenty-three-year-old self, I would have told myself, "Man, keep grinding. Like you're on the roster right now. Make the, make the best of it." But here I was, man. I came into training camp. I, I didn't get there early. I left right mm. away after practice was over with. I'm just being honest. Like I wasn't. I felt like. I felt like I was owed something and I felt really bitter about the whole process. Like, 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 man, I should have been here. I shouldn't have, you know, why they got me not getting playing time in practice and all this, man, I should have just been 
that's, that was my dream to make it to the NBA. Should have really approached it like, do, you know, talking to the coaches more, spending more time with the players. I wasn't hanging out with the players that much. You know what I mean? These are all things that matter when you're trying to break into uh, a roster. I wasn't uh, – Andre Iguodala was a star player on that team. I wasn't no star on the team. I'm trying to, like, really get my feet in. And so, honestly, later it clicked. But that first year with Philly, I was probably doing all the wrong things, man. That's what – I mean – that's good to hear too, because somebody listening, somebody should be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm here for somebody. Again, you you lived it, you went through that, no matter how if it was a couple years ago, a while ago. Reality, right? That's your reality. Like, look, man, and I, I appreciate you being honest with us and everybody else listening to me, man, because that's what it's, that's what we're here though too. Hopefully, somebody tapping in, like, man, OG said, he, you got to take advantage of the opportunity if it happens your way or not. But you got there, you know what I mean? So, but uh, sure. that's I mean, that's I appreciate it. After that, you're going to have a, you know, I mean, an extensive career, pro basketball career, different countries, different teams, still around the game. Uh, but currently now, man, I definitely want to get into what you're doing now as far as with the business and stuff like that. Man, give me a little information about what's going on with yourself now, man, because you're still active, you're still around the game. you got two young ones playing, but also we'll get to the big three after that. But just talk about the other stuff going on right now for yourself. Yeah, man. So uh, I just finished up my sixth season with the big three. Uh Man, that's been a blessing to be a part of Ice Cube's yeah. vision with that. He started that in 2017. It kind of started with, there was like a quick announcement about it, but I really still feel like people wasn't catching on to it at the time. Nah. It was like, oh, Allen Iverson about to play in this? Kenyon Martin about to play in this? Yeah. But I think people were still trying to see what it was going to be. So I was almost lucky to, to, to really be one of the few people. I think the first tryout, we only had like 40 to 50 people trying out. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, when now when you go, it's over a hundred. So, um, I was really fortunate to get on the on the ground floor with that. I was a first round pick the first year. I played every year since that. Uh, just completed the sixth season. Um, so still been active with that. We'll see if I continue or not. Um, um, we'll see how that that keeps me active on the on on the court. And then around that schedule, since that's during the summer, around that schedule, I've been running my basketball business, uh, my training company out here in Miami. That's going well. I've been doing that going into my sixth year now. And that's just been steadily growing every year. I'm still learning a lot with that. But growing, improving, loving being around the game, still teaching the game to kids, uh, talking to parents and kind of helping them navigate uh, this basketball course and doing the right stuff. So yeah, doing that's that right good. now. How uh, how good I seen I've seen you post to me. I've been following you and then tapping in what you just uh how how comforting or rewarding is it for you to see the little fellas out there grinding, man, trying to figure out their way on the court right now, man. And you got two of them that are busy and active, man. So you gotta keep not just one, you got double trouble. Also <laughs> get to see two young fellas out there getting it in, but also you get to be kind of that again, that father that pops to oversee them and lead them in a certain direction. But yeah, also man. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's really no better feeling, really, to see them out there grinding. They're actually in soccer academy the last couple of years now. They're better in soccer right now than they are in basketball almost. Um, Footwork going to be great. Footwork going to be great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. That's going to bode well for them. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. They're still good in basketball, though. I don't know where they got their soccer skills from because I ain't, I'm terrible at soccer. But uh, they're great at that, man. Just for them to kind of watch me on TV play or 
you know, I've been really, that's what the big three kind of helped with, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I ain't overseas no more, NBA, G League, nothing like that. So the fact that they can kind of still see me on CBS where the big three is shown, that's been like a lot. They attended the game when we played at the Miami Heat Arena this past summer. Man, those are just like memories that always stick. So I'm loving watching my boys grow up. They're huge. They're nine and eight. They're huge right now, man. And uh, I believe they, uh, whether it's soccer, basketball, or both, man, I'm going to be right there long to just kind of show them the way and do things the right way. What's up, man? Um, before we get out of here, man, I was got to ask my guests. As we know, man, like in basketball, we got to dribble past shoes, our triple threat, right? That's what triple threat is. But for me, yep. at the show, at the end, I always want to get the, my guests triple threat, right? So three things that you yourself can, like, you know, hold yourself by people who may wonder who you are. You can say, this is, okay, this is the buyers. Three things, your personal triple threat, right? Three things that you hang your hat on or three things that you would want people to know about you and how you carry yourself on a daily or how you move through life, man. Get your, give me your personal triple threat. That's a good one. <laughs> personal triple threat. All right. So if I'm in triple threat stance, first things first, I'm a father. Okay. Like we just talked about with those those little ones. So I wake up every day. That's my why. Okay. They motivate me to go after it and get it. Secondly, entrepreneur. Okay. Just just a go getter. You know what I mean? Like figuring things out. The last several years, when I saw that the basketball was declining, I started working on everything else, like real estate. Mm -hmm. um, a basketball company, uh, working with NBA players off the court. I'm starting to try to look into like the NIL stuff a little bit with uh, college players, see what I can do with that. And then three, man, just uh, a great friend, a great friend. I think, you know, it might sound, I don't know, corny or something like that, but I just, I just feel like I'm a great friend of people listen well to everybody i happen to be that dude that's like i can, when i'm on a team i get along with like the outcast on the team as well as the 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 hardcore guy on the team or whatever like with with my vanderbilt players like everybody tap in with me and reach out to me like this person might not talk to him but then they kind of go through me and stuff like that so i just feel like man you know great friend somebody who will uh, uh, go out there and, 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 and support my friends the best way possible. That's what's up, man. Father, entrepreneur, a great friend, which we talked about before, is all about relationship building, communication, right? You're a good communicator. That's half the battle, man. If you're coaching, entrepreneurship, real estate, you got to be able to talk to people. You got to be able to communicate, man. So those all go together. Um, again, appreciate you, man, for tapping in with me, getting this done. Shout out to the young fellas. Best luck to them as well. But I'm um, definitely tuned in, man. We'll be tapped in, man. Definitely if I get any way back that way. I got to take the gym space out, whatever like that, man. Definitely got to get my foot around that. The, 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 the sure. and yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you. Uh, no, man, y'all heard here first, man. Mr. D. Byers gave us his triple threat. Again, he's a father, entrepreneur. He's a great friend. Uh, you heard here first in this episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT with D. Byers and JT. We out. Peace. Thanks for listening to 94 Feet with Coach JT. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, and follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This is a production of 1217 Media.